So my guest today is Sam Shepler. Sam is the founder of Testimonial Euro, a service company helping businesses create video testimonials to build trust and accelerate the buyer's journey. Uh, before Testimonial Euro, Sam built a video production agency called Skyscope that was acquired in 2016. Uh, since the acquisition, Sam's also been involved in a venture partner at NextGen Ventures. Sam, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Etienne. It's uh, great to be here. Good. Uh, so, so first question, maybe. So why video? Like, what got you interested in video? What made you decide to start two different businesses around video production? Yeah, so I think, you know, it, the, the real answer is like, I've always had a sort of a natural affinity for video. Um, so kind of just playing, playing to my, you know, strengths, I guess. So like uh, as a kid, you know, uh, you know, at 10 years old, I, I was making videos, you know, uh, with my friends, you know, back in the day and, uh, you know, in making, you know, snowboarding films and all these, th th these things. And then, you know, eventually, you know, I kind of got the entrepreneurship bug. So, you know, I, I was like, okay, what, you know, valuable skills do I have to apply, you know, um, and the, the most valuable skill that I, I, had to apply was video. Okay. Um, and, and I think um, that's always just a, you know, for people starting out, that's always a good thing. It's like, well, if step one is like, get some rare and valuable skills, right. Uh, and, you know, then figure out how to apply them. Uh, and, and for me that, uh, you know, that skill was, was definitely video. So that sort of has been the unifying theme uh, between uh, for all my companies so far. Okay. Okay. And so you, you, you were based around Boston, now you're born, I think, in Connecticut. Uh, so there, there's certainly a lot of great successes models in the, uh, about, of product organizations in the ecosystem in Boston. So what made you decide to build a service company? Yeah, so, um, yeah, so it was kind of accidental. Uh, and, you know, so basically, you know, um, you know, I started my first company while I was uh, finishing up college, didn't really know uh, this was Skyscope, didn't really, you know, know much about anything, um, you know, and it just kind of, you know, people started paying me to make videos for them, right? And, and that okay. sort of take, took off. So that was, um, that was, a, you know, the pretty, you know, traditional agency uh, business. After uh, we had the opportunity, opportunity to sell that to a PR company who was looking to basically bolt on a video production arm, um, I had the, you know, the opportunity to like pause and, and, you know, take a step back, right? And like, actually, I never wanted to start a, a services company, okay. you know, and, and, and that wasn't like, I tried to, you know, start a, another, a software company after okay. that, right? Um, that didn't take off. Um, so like, um, basically like a year after I sold my first company, I was like, all right, well, like I, I'm tired of, you know, you know, getting excited for like a month and like invalidating this, like, these ideas. I just want to do something that will drive revenue that I know works. Right. Okay. Um, okay. and I, and, and then I, I basically said to myself is like, you know, what would it look like if I, um, took what I knew and, you know, a uh, which was video, um, you know, picked a very specific niche of it, which was customer testimonials, okay. and then tried to actually layer, you know, uh, and innovate on that to make it easier um, and, and do it in a, in a really a, a, a completely different and better way, right? So like, 
it was really like the prompt is like, you know, you know, if I was trying to solve like, uh, the problem, uh, that B2B marketers have around video testimonial creation, um, you know, how would I, how would I do it? You know, regardless of, you know, the technology, um, or the services element. Cause like our vision is really a testimonial here. You know, we, we are, our vision is to be, you know, a tech enabled service. And, and so we're not, um, you know, we're, we're trying to take the best parts of, um, you know, human touch <clears throat> as well as, uh, you know, t- uh, technology layered on that okay. to, you know, increase the customer experience and obviously make it more scalable. Cause that's, I think, you know, the real, that's the key, I think with the service business is like, you have to ha- see a pathway, um, you know, to, to scalability, you know, in, in one shape or form. Right. Um, and I'm sure we can talk more about that, but like, uh, you know, the, the one answer to that is, um, is tech enabled services. Right. So it's like, you know, companies like rev.com is a great example where, you know, it fundamentally is a transcription service. Um, but they've layered on, you know, proprietary first party technology to, you know, handle, you know, hundred X the volume of transcripts with, you know, the same amount of people. Right. So, so that's, you know, basically, you know, and, and there's other examples of that, you know, some of them successful, some of them, them not right. Like Atrium, <laughs> the, uh, the legal firm is a big yeah, example yeah. of like Just the, uh, tech enabled yeah. services for law that, you know, didn't end up uh, panning out. Right. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm super excited about tech enabled services and it's a, it's a big opportunity. Um, you know, pilot.com bench.co. Those are some, some good examples, but yeah, I'm, I'm super excited right now about, uh, taking the best of, of what can only come with like a service and human touch. And then <clears throat> asking, you know, how can we, um, layer technology, you know, on top of that to both increase the scalability and make it a really attractive business for us. But, you know, just as importantly, you know, make it, you know, just a, you know, completely, you know, really improve the customer experience and the value for, you know, of course, the customer. Well, okay. So, so we skipped over a little bit to like, how do you actually like lock in on like testimonies? Like, <laughs> like there, there's a bunch of different things you could have done. Like, like why that specifically? Yeah. Great question. So, um, you know, essentially, you know, I, I, just like in your book, you know, you sort of mentioned, um, you know, which, which is great, obviously. And, and I think there's a part in your book where you mentioned like 50% of founders got their idea for their company at, you know, yeah. their previous job. Right. Yeah. And like, for me, I got it at my previous job, but really just my previous company okay. that, I, that I was running and, and what the insight was, was that, you know, the most, um, you know, the, the projects that, you know, our clients had them, you know, in my at Skyscope had the biggest success with were testimonials. And they were also something that we could put a process behind. Right. Okay. okay. Um, so like, and they had the, you know, willingness to pay was there as well. So like <clears throat> if I sort of graphed it, you know, and, and then also there was, you know, founder market fit too. I personally love them. I believed in them. I, I actually, you know, really deeply believe that the best way to communicate value is through the voice of the customer. And, and it's something I'm really passionate about, like as compared to like, you know, an, uh, sort of like a, an advertisement, which, you know, you know, is, is it's, it's an advertisement, right? It, it, it's not necessarily, you know, um, it, you know, buyers are going to be skeptical of, of that. Right. Uh, you know, 
but communicating through the voice of the customer is uh, extremely effective and actually is what buyers want. So it was something I was like personally passionate about. The willingness to pay was there. Okay. Um, uh, scalability was there. It, it's something we could put a process behind. Um, so those are all things that, that I, I looked at and um, I continue to look at as I like think about other services that could be, you know, tech enabled and scaled. It's really like, is this valuable to the customer? And like, is this scalable, um, you know, for me, you know, as a, in terms of like the process we'd have to put behind it. Okay. So that's great. So you kind of locked in on like a sub sub need or a sub uh, problem that the customers that you had before add and you kind of scale that or try, try, try to find a way to scale that. So what do you feel makes uh, customer development different for service companies versus maybe uh, product companies or versus even service uh, tech enabled service companies? Yeah, it's, so it's a great question. I think something that I'm still figuring out and trying to learn more about every day, right? And, and I'd love to, you know, uh, you know, get your take on it too. But I think for us, in my experience, it's, it is, you know, slightly easier in, in some respects, because you're, you're, you're delivering the service. And you can really like, you know, get feedback every time and, and every new customer, you can just quickly adapt and adapt like, um, you know, because it's so hands on, um, you know, you don't have to, you know, spend time, you know, writing a new, you know, feature or launching a new feature that could take like a couple months, you can say, okay, I learned something in this service experience. Let's apply it immediately in next, next uh, call that I have with yeah, the new customer. Yeah. Right. So I think, you know, what you, and that's, I think one of the benefits of, of services is that, you know, uh, and again, I think you, you bring, you underscore this in the book so well is like, um, you know, working, in, you know, as a service that like, gives you the visibility into the business problems and, you know, building that proximity, you know, with customers, and then you get that, you know, domain expertise. Um, so I, I think, you know, the, the, you know, it, it's easier, you know, in, in a lot of respects. Um, that being said, I think it's still, um, you still need to do it because like, you know, customers aren't always, you know, going to, even if they're happy, you know, they're, they're not, you know, raising their hand to tell you what you want, what they want. Like you still kind of have to like read between the lines and, 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 and like, for example, with us, like, you know, the big thing I thought about is like, okay, like how, how would we, you know, create, you know, okay. So like video testimonials are, you know, are incredibly important. How, how would we take, uh, but they're, you know, kind of complex and, you know, there's a lot of friction. You might have to, you know, find a local, you know, partner or fly a videographer across the country. What would, you know, what would the, the dream situation be for, for marketers? Like, how could we just remove the complexity uh, from that? Um, so we, you know, the, what we ended up doing with, with, you know, our first iteration of Testimonial Hero, and, you know, be, before COVID, uh, was we built a global network of videographers all around the world, you know, trained them, and, you know, onboarded them such that, you know, previously, like, customers would pay us to fly around the world, right? And that, that wasn't effective for anyone. And, you know, so we basically were like, look, like, this is, a, we're going to figure out a more modern way to do it. Um, 
you know, customers never asked us to do that, but they were thrilled when we did. So it's like sort of like, you know, paying it. It's, it's a mix, I think, between asking them and then like paying attention to friction in the process. Okay. Okay. That's sort of implied. Okay. So why do you feel like, like there's a lot of service organizations out there. Like why do you feel some organizations never make the transition into tech enabled services and, or like product product itself? Yeah. So I think, um, well, for one, I mean, so, I mean, it, obviously some, some of them may not need to, right. I mean, it, it just depends. Right. Um, you know, there's, there's no, you know, there's nothing inherently good or bad about, you know, scaling further. Like, um, it's, but you know, if you do want to do it, um, you know, which I do and, and I personally, yeah, I think first step is like for any founder is like getting clear on, you know, what you want, you know, um, and, and then kind of working from there. And, and, it, and I personally, like, uh, I enjoy the intellectual challenge of like seeing how far we can scale this. Um, and then, um, you know, technology, you know, becomes essential. I think, um, you know, in, in terms of uh, why the, you know, wh why it doesn't happen, um, you know, I would say, um, yeah, it's a lot of things. I think, I mean, it's, it's easy if you have a working, a pretty like working business on the services front, you know, it's easy to kind of just let the status quo, you know, continue on. Um, and also, it, you know, it's not something that a lot of services founders are familiar with, right? Um, you know, technology. And I think that's changing. I think no code is going to be super exciting, like as a movement to, you know, make it easy for, um, you know, more services business businesses to become more tech enabled. And, you know, um, that is super exciting because now you can, you know, with Zapier and Airtable and Webflow, like it's quite, you know, uh, you can learn it yourself or you can pay someone for a, a lot less um, cost than having like a first party software built. Um, and you can add a lot of scalability. So, so I think, yeah, it, it's, it's just, it's been a, a harder uh, and luckily, you know, it's getting easier and easier. So I think we're going to see, you know, much more things changing from pure services to tech enabled services. Also, you know, I think just, you know, buy things are changing in terms of, um, you know, how buyers want to buy, like, you know, and, you know, productized services are, as well, I think are, are important to note. It's like, you know, before, you know, people were happy to like hop on a call and like get pricing or like get sit through a demo, but like everyone's so busy now. It's like, we've been sort of, you know, now the expectation is like, okay, like make it super clear for me, you know, productize it, you know, help me buy or else like, I'm probably not going to, you know, engage. Right. So, uh, so yeah, those are two big, I think like macro trends that I see as it pertains to that. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because you, you clearly, well, one, you were thinking about building maybe product beforehand. So you definitely had that mindset, but you're also always looking at it as, how can I remove the inefficiencies? How can I improve this? Maybe it's it's a mindset thing, or maybe it's just uh, the models that you're looking at. But, but you're definitely not the only person looking into this, for sure. Like a lot of people that bought my book, actually, surprisingly, like I, I've been a better, like, customer development firm. Uh, custom de de development firm or like marketing agencies. Like th there seems to be a lot of people looking at or interested in doing some kind of transition 
like that or some addition to their business. But like, I'm, I'm wondering like, why are, like what's keeping these people from doing this specifically? Because there's clear advantages that you mentioned, like, like that in combining uh, technology with, with services uh, that, that are uniquely uh, you brought. The, I don't know. I'm, I'm wondering like, so how would you advise another, another service company to, to look at this, this specifically? Say so an existing company that, that have been around for five years or something like that is successful in this sector, their sector. Uh, how would you advise them to start looking at opportunities for them to uh, tackle on maybe a more technology or product-based? Uh... Yeah, it's a great question. I think um, the first t tactical tip would be like, have someone who's really familiar with Zapier, you know, just <laughs> start to automate everything, right? Um, that like we, that, that's like not me at all, but like my, uh, head of ops, he's like, you know, loves Zapier and like, you know, there's other, you know, tools out there, Integra, Matt, same idea, but like, you know, the point, the point being, it's like, you know, you know, think what we can, um, you know, optimize, you know, automate or uh, eliminate. Right. Um, and it's just easier than ever to, to, you know, um, to, op to automate a lot of stuff. So, so that's one thing um, I would say. Um, I think the other you know, thing is like, and this is something that I'm, I'm still kind of learning about as like the kind of the tech enabled services space sort of matures, but you know, to some extent, it's like a kind of a strategy decision on you know, pricing. And like, cause like, you know, a lot of tech enabled service services uh, you know, to date that we've seen the um, it's not necessarily like a premium service in a lot of ways. I mean, it's premium, but it's not like ultra premium, right? Like, you know, there's a reason why like it, it, the best, you know, advertising agencies who charge like a million dollar, like a year, it's like their website is like a, you know, artsy little thing and you submit a form and talk to their, you know, uh, their rep, you know, whatever, or their, their like a creative yeah. directors, right? Yeah. And, and so it's like, I think it's getting clear on like, do you want to like pay what game you want to play? Right. And, um, you know, to some extent, like, I think that the promise of tech enabled services is like exceptional quality at a disruptive price point. Right. Um, and that's relative, you know, and, and I, and I think, you know, obviously like a disruptive price point is relative. It doesn't mean it's cheap. Like we're, our, you know, um, you know, so, so like for us, like we are testimonial here, like, we're a fraction of the cost of like a big agency to produce your customer testimonial videos. Um, a fraction of the cost with like, you know, most of the quality or if not more quality, right? Um, but we're still not cheap. So, so, so it is relative, but I think like, you know, frankly, like I don't think like tech enabled services are for everyone because if you're just trying to be, you know, um, a super boutique, you know, super hands-on, you know, absolutely charge as much as you can um, in your services business. Like that's not, you know, you know, quite, you know, yet um, the method, I think the, the sort of like, you know, what, you know, the, where tech enabled services are heading. On the other hand, if you want to have amazing margins, you know, have a super scalable service and, you know, deliver, you know, um, you know, incredible quality at like an extremely disruptive, like price point, you know, relatively speaking. Um, and, you know, really be able to kind of as a founder or owner, 
you know, really step back from any, everything to the day to day. Like that's, I mean, that's my personal goal is like to get the business to be, you know, owner independent. Right. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, I think, um, yeah, those are, I guess a couple, I'll pause there, but those are a couple of my thoughts on all things tech and services. Yeah. So that's super interesting. So there, there's also like a pricing component or whatever, if you want to be say, perceived as uh, exactly like a boutique agency, that might not be the right path because you might be uh, people might be looking for that really like that and holding like working specifically closely with an agency. Yeah, that, that, that does make sense quite a, quite a bit. So, okay. So in that case, like you, you guys uh, recently acquired a, a company called Applause Lab. Congrats. Uh, so why did you decide to go down that path and, and what made this a good fit for you guys? Yeah. Well, thank you. And um, yeah, it's a great question. So basically, you know, the, um, I think it's important to give a little context on like, what we do, you know, and then I'll tell you, you know, why we, why it fit in. So our main uh, testimonial here are like our main product offering at the moment. Uh, we're obviously recording this in, you know, that COVID-19 uh, times is, you know, um, remote uh, customer testimonial creation. So, you know, we help, um, you know, B2B software marketers at, you know, over a hundred different uh, companies, uh, UiPath, uh, Google, Medallia, Insight Squared, um, many others to create um, remote customer testimonial videos. So the current, um, you know, process that we have, uh, you know, it, it's, you know, fairly hands-on um, and, you know, a human touch to get a exceptionally high quality result, right? So like, that's, that's really why our customers choose us. If, if you want the like, absolutely the highest quality, you know, remote testimonials, um, you know, you're going to work with Testimonial Hero. The opportunity that we saw with Applause Lab was uh, more scalability um, and, you know, still good quality, uh, but, um, you know, eliminating a, a very, you know, human part of the process, which was like a one-on-one -on -one interview. Uh, so with, with Applause Lab, um, the way that, you know, their, um, you know, technology and platform is set up, it's more of a um, it's asynchronous. So like it's, uh, you know, capturing um, the, the testimonial, you know, asynchronous. So you can just blast out a link. So if you're, for example, a, um, uh, if you, you know, and, and, and actually like I see that especially being super attractive for different markets that we're not currently serving. So specifically e-commerce companies, because, um, you know, e-commerce companies, they, you know, it, it's not, it's, it's different than, than, um, you know, B2B and, you know, you don't have that close relationship with every uh, customer, but you have a massive email list of customers, right? Okay. So okay. like the, our, our vision with, um, you know, their technology and, and is, is, you know, um, you know, giving, it's, a, it's like slightly different market and, and way more scalable and, um, you know, less expensive uh, than our current situation um, you know, for customers who, who want to go down that route that are okay with something good, um, and just want it to be like more scalable. Like they want to blast out a link to their email list and capture 50 testimonials that day. So you, you I was kind of setting you up a little bit with the, the question. So you mentioned before, uh, that you got to get really good at Zapier. 
there is different ways to spot like the inefficiency. Like how do acquisitions play into this? Like you acquired a, a technology company that was in the sector that you guys were in. Like how, how does that fit in as a solution to be able to, to maybe tack that on to a, a, a service company or maybe integrate that in your service stack for, for in your, your stack for your company? Yeah, I think, I mean, it's always a good, it's always a, a decision in terms of like build versus buy. Right. And, um, you know, I think, um, you know, there, there's so many variables and it's different in every situation. That being said, you know, if you get a chance in the prices, right. You know, it, it's, it, it's, it's awesome. Right. Um, and, um, you know, cause then you're getting, uh, something like with, with the plaza, like we got, you know, we have got something with an existing customer list on top of, you know, the, the technology and like not all of their technology was like first party technology. So it's not like, you know, you know, and that's the case with most like, you know, tech enabled, you know, companies, you know, obviously it's like, and, and I think that's good. Right. It's like, don't build development is expensive. Like wait as long as possible to build custom software. Right. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. like if you can glue some stuff together with third-party tools, like that's great. Like there's, you know, um, so so yeah, I think um, yeah, the, the with with a, it's like it's always a, a good opportunity, uh, and then you just got to weigh that like build versus buy, you know, pros and cons, and, and of course just the overall you know price in terms of the deal, um, you know. So and then other strategic things, right? Like for us, like you know, you know, that was like a, a kind of a good competitive acquisition too, because, um, you know, it, you know, it, it's that there were a potential competitor in a lot of respects um, or could be. Um, so, so yeah, it, it, I guess just like understanding like how you value all those things. And at least that's how I uh, think about it. Well, I, I think one big part there as well is, is it's the acceleration as well. So like one great thing about a service company is that you have money coming in as well. So like if you can, use that as a way to kind of speed up your process towards being tech enabled. That, that could be a great thing. I have a, a contact, like they, they have an agency in email marketing and they actually built a platform over three years, spent $150,000 building like an email marketing platform that never actually launched. And you look at like the co- the opportunity costs of maybe acquiring something, uh, uh, maybe a lower end version of, of that. And then starting from that, that could have been much faster to market and then at least see the response and, or maybe scale that afterwards. It's definitely a lot of, a lot of value there. Um, hundred percent. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think like we're seeing more like in acquisition entrepreneurship and, and generally speaking, I think I'm a really big fan of it. Um, especially if you can do like uh, seller side financing, you know, where you basically, you know, use the, you know, the seller uses the, the business as collateral and like, you know, um, basically, um, yeah, that, that, that just makes it like seller side financing is, is super great. If you can get a, a deal like that, um, you know, we, we did just pay cash, you know, for, for a plaza, but, um, you know, they were about a year into it. So, so, okay. you know, it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like a, you know, it was something we could afford because like you said, like we, we, we have great cash flows because of our services, which is another, you know, benefit I think to the services businesses is like kind of like, and that's how I think of it as like testimonial hero. It's like kind of like infinite runway. Right. 
um, you know, you know, God willing, right? Like knock yeah. on wood there, but, um, no but yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, yeah, exactly. Well, Hey, if we're, if we survive the pandemic, we can, I think we can survive, you know, just about yeah. anything. Right. Definitely. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's great. It's great to have a, a services business be, you know, the bedrock of, um, you know, what you can build a product business or, uh, around later on. And, and I think that's sort of like underappreciated in some respects and like the, um, you know, uh, you know, general entrepreneurship community, you know, obviously, you know, it's not, if you're, if you're not trying to build something like venture scale, especially, you know, um, you know, services, and even if you are, I mean, services are, are a great way to, you know, get proximity to the customer and just have, you know, um, you know, that sort of, you know, profitable business, you know, cash flowing sort of infinite run, runway to then take, you know, some great, you know, moonshot swings off of. So how would you advise, say, um, agency owner or like a a service organization, the owner of a service organization to kind of look for these opportunities? Like, like you mentioned that Applause Lab was one year old. So they were not, probably not that visible on the market uh, at that stage. But like, how would you advise to like, be able to spot those before they become either too valuable to, to buy or too competitive or, or any other variation of that? Yeah, it's a great question. I think, um, you know, in, in, yeah, well, I can tell you what, what, how it happened for me and, 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 you know, um, but basically, so they, I had, um, you know, developed a relationship with, um, with their founder, uh, Tyler, you know, because uh, he, you know, was aware of Testimonial Hero, you know, uh, and just, you know, we just hit it off, like from the early days. And I was kind of, you know, I was giving him, you know, some actually, you know, initially, we made a small investment, you know, in in his company. So we, we okay, first okay. of all, like, he reached out, I was how it worked, you know, was like, someone introduced him to me, because I was like, sort of known in the testimonial space. We hit it off. I was like, cool, this is neat. Let's make an investment. You know, so we made a small like angel investment in his company. And then, you know, um, you know, basically over time, like I was just like, you know what, like, let's just acquire this. Well, what what do you say? And so like, I I don't know what other people can learn from that other than, you know, maybe like, you know, just, you know, keep, keep, keep an open mind and like, you know, be helpful and that, and, you know, you never know where it will go. That's kind of like, I was basically, you know, you know, working with him in the early days of the business to kind of just kind of advise him. Right. You know, I was, I was an advisor. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, you know, and, 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 you know, having a personal brand helps. I don't, I don't have a big personal brand personally. Like I, I, and it's not something I've, you know, focused on too much, but, uh, for, I guess I had enough of one where someone heard of that. He was building a testimonial company they thought he should talk with me yeah. and that's how it all connected. So I, so I think, you know, those are all at least, uh, you know, in, in, in this instance, those are, you know, potentially some things to take away from it. But, but it, it does sound like there, 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 there's an interesting pattern as well. Like how you found the, I guess the, the, the niche for testimonials from your first company, how you found that, that maybe, uh, for example, e-commerce might be an interesting way to go. But as well, how you found it, like it's kind of like always staying close to the customer and kind of kind of understanding like what are the solutions that they're using and the opportunities out there. That's interesting. So maybe as a more general question, so 
how would you advise a new entrepreneur to think about business opportunities? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. I think, um, you know, it, you know, it's, there's a couple of things that come to mind. Like one of them is, um, you know, thinking about what being like, it's kind of like a, a Venn diagram, you know, if you have like three overlapping circles, it's like, you know, what you're personally like really good at, you know, and you know, what, what's your like, you know, rare or valuable skill. Um, and then, you know, what the market needs. And then, um, you know, th I mean, really there could be a lot of circles, right? Like timing is, is a huge one. You yeah. know, that's, that's mass. Like timing is, is, is everything, frankly. Um, and, but it's really like, you know, just the overlapping of like a bunch of different, you know, factors. Um, and, and also I think, um, I, I think of like willingness to pay quite a bit, you know, does the customer, you know, you know, target market, does the customer have like the willingness to pay? Cause like, you know, you can have the best opportunity or idea, but like if the customer, you know, doesn't have any willingness to pay for it or they're like, yeah, I love that at this price point, but like you need, you know, a different price point for the economics to work out. Then, you know, that's something to think about early as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, another thing I, I think about is just, you know, especially with, with like services businesses is like, you know, how can we just make this like way easier? Right. Um, you know, and apply a more like modern approach to it. Um, you know, and just be like, okay, like this process of doing things hasn't been updated, you know, in a couple of years, like new technology has come out. How, you know, if we were looking at this with fresh eyes, like, you know, um, you know, what, what's our hypothesis on like how we should do it. So like, I think, um, and, and uh, yeah, th those are all things. And then I, I guess cir circling back, it's like, you know, having, some sort of unique, you know, insight, you know, and it is super key. I think, um, you know, you can sort of just like, on one hand, like there, well, there's a couple of different schools of thoughts, schools of thought, like you can, there's one school of thought, you know, I think that says pioneers get arrows in their back. You know, you should always, you know, you know, don't, don't be innovative necessarily because, you know, it's, it's, it's risky. You'll probably fail, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, just copy an existing business that's working and, and, you know, put your own spin on it. Right. And, and that's totally fine. I think, you know, there's a lot of businesses that, um, you know, have been built that way or, but the, the other thing is that like, you know, um, innovation is also cheaper than competition. Right. So it's like, yeah. you know, um, and, and I think there's probably like a middle ground. Um, and that's kind of how, what we found with, I think, testimonial hero is like, you know, it's not like a, you know, at least our, our so our, our first thing that we did at the testimonial here was like, we're going to take, um, you know, we're broadly in the video production space. We're going to innovate by saying like, we're going to, you know, make it completely effortless to produce B2B customer testimonial videos. And, you know, they're going to be fixed price, no travel fees anywhere in the world. doesn't matter if it's in, you know, um, you know, London, or Los Angeles or, you know, whatever, like it's all going to be the same price and it's all going to be super easy. Um, so like, you know, you can sort of like, I think, you know, take something, take, take a concept that you believe in, you know, with, with a, with a market that, you know, it's a real need for put a, just enough like innovation on it that it's like pretty different. Um, and, and, and in my experience like that, you know, works pretty well. And, and obviously like, 
like niching down. There's always like power and niching down, uh, especially like getting your message out there early. You know, it's like, if you try to, uh, you know, appeal to everyone in your messaging, you're just going to appeal to no one. So big fan of, uh, of just niching down, especially early on. Well, so, okay. So along those lines, so how do you, where do you think B2B entrepreneurship is going? Like how is it evolving? Yeah. So, um, I think it's, it's being, you know, it's, I mean, for a couple of things, like socially and culturally, I think it's, it's getting more, um, cool, you know, for lack of a better term, it's getting more, you know, it used to be like, Oh, consumer, consumer was all the rage. And and like now, you know, B2B is, is getting, um, you know, a lot more attractive and, and you know, so, um, so culturally, I think it's, it's kind of coming into its own there. I think, you know, we're always going to see sort of a kind of a cascading effect of like, you know, what was new, what was, you know, the, um, current or popular or effective in consumer is always going to, in a couple of years, make its way to B2B, right? And like, we're seeing that now, and we have been seeing it for the past couple of years with like design and, and yeah, you know, because yeah. like, it's crazy, but like, you know, you know, like design was just something that like wasn't even a consideration for a long time in, in B2B you know, software crazy. products. It's yeah, just like yeah. design, like that's not like, yeah. yeah, it's like, and now it's like, you know, it, it's a core thesis of a lot of, you know, you know, in different well, uh, or else, yeah. yeah. So it's like, I think it's, th- so then the question is like, well, where is it heading? It's like, well, what, 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 what can we derive from like consumer behavior for B2B? And like one example I think is like B2B marketplaces. Right. So like, you know, there haven't been to date, like quite so many, you know, B2B marketplaces, hmm. but consumer marketplaces have been like a massive, you know, uh, explosion. So I think like specifically we're going to see like, that's one example. Like I think we're, we'll see like a lot more B2B marketplaces, you know, being built like at scale in, in the next, you know, one, three, five years for sure. Okay. Okay. Well, that's an interesting point. Cause you look at specifically the design you mentioned mobile was one as well. So like looking at these things a little bit uh, definitely gives you a sense of the momentum of where things are going. Uh, takes, takes a lot for taking the time, uh, Sam. That's really appreciated. So where can people go to learn more about your work, your company, what you're, you're, you're focused on? Yeah, t- absolutely. Uh, my pleasure, Etienne. Uh, you know, always great to chat. And uh, it, if they, anyone wants to learn more, um, you know, testimonialhero.com or just search testimonial hero will pop up. Um, and then on Twitter, um, uh, I am uh, just at Sam Shepler. Um, okay. And yeah, that's usually the best, uh, easiest way to contact me. Great. We'll point those out. And uh, thanks for taking the time. It's really appreciated. Absolutely. Take okay. care.